Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. You know, it's fun to look back at the great music from your youth, and it's always fascinating to learn things about your favorite artists that you weren't aware of. Today, you'll meet someone whose biggest hit you've probably heard. And if you remember the 1960s, you've almost certainly heard it. The name of the song is The Peppermint Twist, and the artist is Joey D. But what you'll learn today is the incredible life he led. His band had a couple of Rock and Roll Hall of Famers in it and an Academy Award winner. And his group's opening act on a trip to Sweden was the Beatles. Later in the show, on a new episode of Vegas Crime Blotter, we discuss boxer Sonny Liston's encounter with a member of the mob. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is here as well. There are a lot fewer buffets in town, but there still are a few, and Scott tells you how to approach them. And finally, Upton's off this week, but I'll give you my quick NFL picks for the week's key games. If you were around in the 1960s, you know who our guest is. Joey D of Joey D and the Starlighters. They had this fantastic song. It was a huge hit, over a million sold Peppermint Twist. If you didn't know him then, if you remember American Graffiti, you heard that song. You've heard that song somewhere along in your lifetime, and uh, he's still going strong. Joey, uh, what are you up to these days? Where are you living? What are you up to? Stephen, I live in uh, Clearwater, Florida, and I've been here since... uh... 1989. I love Florida. And, uh, originally, I'm a Jersey boy, and one of my idols was Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, and they, I used to follow them all over when they were the Four Lovers. And Tommy DeVito, who was one of the original Four Seasons, uh, was living out in uh, Vegas, and he just passed away recently, and very, very dear friend of mine. But what I'm up to is uh, I just completed a book. It took me 11 years to compile it. And the book is called The Peppermint Twist Chronicles. And it's all about the fantastic people I've had in my life and in my career. This book that I have, and you can get it on Amazon or joeyd.com, Peppermint Twist Chronicles, was endorsed by very, very big deals in show business. People like Barry Gibb endorses the book. Frankie Valley endorses the book. Aaron Neville, Ronnie Spector from the Ronettes. It goes ad infinitum. It's just incredible the people I've had the pleasure of working with and had through my group. Well, it's a great book. Everybody should get it if you like music because this is your history. (laughs) You know, and Joey saw a lot of it. It, it, The group Joey D and the Starlighters, I want to talk. First of all, you, you talked about famous people, and there's a couple that just come right to mind. 
Joe Pesci, the great actor, played the guitar for you, didn't he? It's just incredible. Joe, uh, I met when, when we were both kids, and uh, I did a motion picture called uh, Hey, Let's Twist for Paramount, and uh, Joe used to be a nightly visitor to Peppermint Lounge. He got me Larry Veneri, who was one of the singers on Peppermint Twist. So uh, he asked me, can you get me in, uh, in a movie? And I said, I'll talk to the uh, director, Greg Garrison, and ask him uh, if we can get you in. He said, uh, I really appreciate it. So I talked to Greg Garrison, and I said, uh, I have a friend who would like to be an extra in a movie. And Pesci said, uh, wow, that would be great. And Greg Garrison said, can he twist? And I said, oh, he's a great twister. He said, well, he's in. So, hey, let's twist is the first motion picture Pesci ever appeared in, and we've been we've been friends ever since we were kids. We had band contests, and when he was uh, in Jersey, we were the number one band. And every year we would have a contest, and he can never beat my band. He was with another guy who happens to live in Vegas, who was my keyboardist, Bill Callanan, and uh, I love Billy, and he's a very special guy. And um, each year we'd win, so. Uh, eventually, Pesci said, I, I'm quitting this band. I'm joining your band, Joey. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Greg Garrison. That's the Greg Garrison that did the Dean Martin show, wasn't it? That's exactly right. A lot of people are unaware of that, but he was a real good guy. And while we were doing a movie, uh, he got a an MG that he let me use while we were filming the movie for about two months. So uh, he, he was a very talented guy. And I'm, I'm uh, very surprised, Stephen, that you're aware who Greg Garrison is. I'm very <laughs> pleased to know that. Well, yeah, you know, you Good mentioned guy. the MG. That was my favorite car when I was growing up as a kid. Was that as much fun as it seemed like? It was very much fun. And while we filmed the uh, the movie in New York City, and I was living in Jersey, so I was commuting, and the only downside of it was, uh, you know, it was a stick shift, so standard shift, but uh, I got caught in a rainstorm going over to George Washington Bridge, and it was a hand thing, like a baby carriage. You had to pull the thing up and crank the thing down and, and lock it in. And by that time, you got soaking wet. It didn't really matter that you, <laughs> yeah. that you put it all together. Yeah, it's, t- it's but, tough and rainy climate. Let's go back to Vegas in, 19, in 1962 with Dick Clark. And I was there with the Ronettes and the Dovells and Dion and the Belmonts. And we played at the Flamingo. I mean, I have so much history with with uh, Las Vegas, uh, that's that was the ideal. That was the yeah. challenge, and that was uh, the place that I said, you know, if you work in Vegas, man, you made the big time. Well, Vegas and was tough I, on on rock and roll back then. I mean, Elvis uh, had a had a tough first run. Even the, you know, even the Beatles. I mean, obviously that was such a big deal by the time they got there. But it wasn't the kind of thing that went crazy. So, how was that? Was that a good uh, was that a good set for you? I mean, that's a great. Uh, sounds like a great uh, group of people to go see on a concert. It was a, it was a great venue because you have to recall early 1960s. Dick Clark from American Bandstand he put the show on wherever Dick Clark went, and I did so many concerts with him all over the country. People would come in uh, in huge numbers when we when we did the uh, Flamingo in in Las Vegas. It was just a, a great experience. The Ronettes and the Dovells and Dion and the Belmonts, it doesn't get bigger than that, especially back then. We all had big hit records at the time, number ones, number twos. 
it wasn't it wasn't tough on us because Dick Clark was was our uh, forerunner, and when he put on a concert, people came on mass. It was just incredible. Back with more from Joey D, who in 1962 with his band the Starlighters released their number one hit Peppermint Twist in just a moment. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. And I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. Just a reminder, please visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the best in Vegas, it's VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports RACX, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports RACX. Short for Sports Rock and Tours. And later today on Sports Rock and Tours, you'll meet one of America's finest sports writers, Sports Illustrated's Lee Montville. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Here's a COVID-19 update pertaining to cruise travel. Everyone wants to get away and go on a vacation. But let's face it, there's a COVID fear factor out there. But here's some good news. Taking a cruise is probably the safest place you can be right now. All cruise lines have initiated very thorough testing requirements for all passengers and employees. They've also enhanced their air filtration systems, continual cleaning of the cruise ships, and have much stricter occupancy limitations. What that means for you is you can have peace of mind knowing you can have a wonderful vacation on a cruise ship without putting yourself in a severe risk of getting sick. Make your cruise vacation plans now. Call and let one of Viva Voyage's cruise experts help you find the safest cruise package at the lowest rates of the year. 800-662-3890-800-662-3890-800-662-3890. That's 800-662-3890. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. 
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Joey D, who has sold millions of records in addition to appearing on television, in movies, and in live concerts all over the world. I want to get into this whole peppermint twist thing because I think it's fascinating. But before we do, one other name, guitarist. You want to talk about having a good guitarist? Yeah, Jimi Hendrix with you. <laughs> uh, did you know when you first heard him, like, wow, this guy is really great? Or is that something that over time you look back and you go, my God, he's good, you know, that you didn't even realize it at the time? In 1965, I was in need of a guitarist. Because the the group kept morphing and we we keep changing uh, guitar players or drummers or whatever. But I had a drummer from Chicago, Jimmy Mays, and I was in need of uh, a guitarist. And I said to Jimmy, "We got to find a guitarist." And he said, "There's a dude that's in New York City right now. He's looking for a gig, and he just came off the road with the Isley Brothers and Little Richard." I said, "You know what? I'll have you and my my nephew Johnny." pick him up in the city and bring him to my house in Lodi, New Jersey, where I was living, and I'll audition him. So he came to my house. He came with a guitar, no case for the guitar. He had a bandana on, and uh, he had a little 2 by 4 amplifier, and you, you could see he was going through some tough times. But anyway, he came to the house, and uh, he took out the guitar, plugged it in. Uh, we were in, in my garage in, in Lodi, and he said... Uh, what do you want me to play? And I said, you know what? Play what you like to play. And at the time, he told me his name was Maurice James. And I said, okay, uh, give, give me something that you like. So he started playing Curtis Mayfield. And I'm an R&B guy from my heart from when I was a kid. And when he started playing Curtis Mayfield, and, and, and first of all, I saw the guitar was on upside down i said how the heck can he play this thing upside down but he played it great and i said man you are so fabulous you got the gig (laughs) so did i recognize the talent i certainly did for the year of 1965 we must have done 50 50 gigs together and he he was you know a hall of famer here and a hall of famer in uh great britain did you stay in touch with him once he uh got off on his own you know we were uh, rock and roll stars I, I had a number one hit record, and, and this is three years later, and Hendrix was in the band, and it just couldn't be any better than that. The, the guy was a superstar. I, I knew it right away. I wasn't afraid. See, what happened with the Isley Brothers and Little Richard, Jimmy was so great that he was outshining them, and they didn't like that, and that's why they got rid of him. And in my particular case, I took them in the group because it enhanced what I was doing, and it made us superstars. So uh, it made me look really good, and I didn't care about the competition. He was part of Joey D and the Starlighters. Now, you have to understand this. I've been so blessed. I had three guitars in my band, two of them in the Hall of Fame, and one of them won an Academy Award. That would have been Pesci. And... I had Gene Cornish from the Young Rascals as my guitarist after after uh, Jimi Hendrix. So I had two Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, man, and I had one 
like I said, uh, won an Academy Award. They probably remember the Peppermint Twist. Like I said, everybody heard it, but you don't realize that it goes so much deeper. I was really shocked when, or just in, in researching this, the whole thing, even with the twist, everybody remembers Chubby Checker with that, but really your song was, I'll be honest, in my opinion, was the best song of that twist thing. And this whole twist craze, how did it, it just well, kind of the music you play? I mean, how did you seem to, you seem to get it like the timing was right for this? Exactly right. Being at the right place at the right time. And getting back to the twist, Hank Ballard and the Midnighters, they wrote it and created the original dance. I heard it on a jukebox in Newark, New Jersey. I went to see this group there, and I went with uh, David Brigatti from the Young Rascals and from Starlighters, and we were the only uh, Caucasians in the place. And during the break when I was looking at this Pearl Reeves is the name of the group we went to see, and I, I loved R&B music my whole life. So um, during during the break, I hear a song on the jukebox. Come on, baby, let's do the twist, and the kids are dancing. And I said, what a great song to add to to the show. So, so the next rehearsal, we added that to our show, and that became uh, our one of our primary numbers. So. Let's give credit where credit is due, and that's Hank Ballard and the Midnighters. Chubby is the only one ever to have a number one twice on Billboard magazine. The reason being, he did the, uh, a copy of Hank Ballard's version, and it went to number one. And then after Peppermint Twist came out a year later, uh, with the revival of what was going on with the twist in our world and in our country, it became number one again. So that's the first time it ever happened. I mean, he, he deserves a lot of credit, but let's give credit to Hank Ballard for creating the whole deal. More with singer and music producer Joey D in a moment. Time now for another episode of Vegas Crime Blotter with Mr. Big. Time again to bring in Mr. Big, presenting Vegas Crime Blotter, a look back at the history of Vegas and the mob. And today, Mr. Big, we're going to talk specifically about a great boxer from Vegas, Sonny Liston, and his dealings with Mo Dalitz. Tell us all about it. Well, sir, in one corner, we have Sonny Liston, a wall over six-foot man, heavyweight champion of the world. He was big. He was bad. He grew up in rough times. He had to make some hard decisions. His later in his life, he would descend into alcoholism and heroin abuse. In the other corner, we have Mo Dalitz. About this time, he's in his 60s. He's not doing well in health. He will soon, well, he'll die later on in his life from heart issues, which started to affect him in his 50s. He's small. He's light of build. He's soft-spoken. He likes to help people. Little do people realize that Mo also grew up in the great wilds of Ohio. He ran with really hardcore, tough gangsters. He was one of the Jewish gangsters. He put up with, with no shit. He was no one to trifle with. So one day we find Mo in one city in the bar. We find Sonny Liston at the bar. Sonny is drunk. Sonny decides to start harassing Mo. He starts calling him slurs. He starts acting like he's going to punch him. And Mr. Mo says so simply, if you hit me, you better kill me. Because if I get back up this floor, I'm going to make a phone call, and you'll be dead tonight. And he'll say, Mr. Liston packs his bag and leaves that hotel that evening. I say, Mr. Dellitz, 
gets a TKO. <laughs> well, and you can hear great stories like that every week on Vegas Crime Blotter. Also, make sure to pick up uh, Mr. Big's book, The Life and Times of Frank Ballesteri, The Last Most Powerful Godfather of Milwaukee. You can get it on Amazon. More from the Crime Blotter again next week. And just a reminder, don't forget to follow Sports Rock and Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also visit Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. Ciao, I am Giada Valenti. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi, and we are chatting with Joey D, who is sharing his rise to fame with Joey D and the Starlighters. The song The Peppermint Twist, though, had a certain sound to it. It was a, a raw sound that was just great for the dance. It's like, that's where you really wanted to go crazy because it, I thought it took it to a new level. Steven, I, I want to compliment you on, on picking that out and noticing that. I was signed to Roulette Records when we first uh, made the big time. And uh, I said to Henry Glover, who was the A&R man, we need to have an original song. And he said... Uh, he came one Sunday afternoon to the Peppermint Lounge, went back uh, in the dressing room. We had a little beat-up piano. And he said, you know what, Joey, let's not do it the way they did it. Let's let's make it a little funky. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, I want it like... It wasn't straight, come on, baby, straight, four. And I said, no, let's let's do it. I love that version. So uh, we started writing the song, and within two hours we wrote the peppermint twist and it was all about the, what went transpired at the peppermint lounge. So the, the song and the feel to the song is exactly what you said. It was different. It was soulful. It was funky. And, and it made you want to get up and dance. And that's what it did for us. And it became number one around the entire world. I want to talk about the peppermint lounge because that place really had some famous people that dropped by and so forth. I was looking at some of the names, and you helped do this. Tell us the story of the Peppermint Lounge. Uh, initially, I was hired there from uh, an agent called Don Davis who discovered us in New Jersey, and it was a three-day uh, adventure, adventure, uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday in 1960. So we went there, played the three days, and we uh, substituted for the house band. And the owners of the lounge liked us so much, they they got rid of the regular house band, and we became the house band. And the people that came into the Pepper Lounge first started with Merle Oberon and Charlie Knickerbocker. Uh, the Pepper Lounge is on West 45th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue in the heart of the New York Theater District. So now... One very, very rainy night, 
people go people going from the uh, the uh, uh, theater district going to the parking garages in the in the vicinity stop in for a drink and while they come in for a drink Merle Oberon and I'm a big uh, movie buff so she was a, I, I couldn't believe she was coming in there with Charlie Knickerbocker wrote for the Daily News and they came in. And she saw the kids dance. I was doing a twist at the time. Timing couldn't have been more perfect. So she gets on the stage and starts dancing with the kids. Charlie Knickerbocker writes about it the next time. Within the next week, everybody and anybody came to the Peppermint Lounge. I'll give you uh, some of the names. John Wayne came in. Nat King Cole. Judy Garland was there every night. Uh... That's uh, the Marilyn epitome Monroe. of cool at that time, right? I, I mean, I mean <laughs> it, it was so cool, man. It just as I read that, I'm thinking you did have a blessed life because you look at it. I mean, that was one of those places that fit the '60s, that whole mood of that time. You know, uh, the the early '60s and so forth. Those were the stars of the world, quite frankly. And to come yeah. in there and so forth just shows the appeal of uh, of your music too, and then kind of the lifestyle. You were right, right in the right place at the right time. Exactly, Stephen. And the people that, that uh, ventured in, uh, in 1963, I was working 10 countries in Europe. So I get to Stockholm, Sweden, and I see in, you know, on the billboard, in big letters, Joey D and the Starlight is from America, and opening act, the Beatles. And I had heard of them from the, from the uh, Star Club in Hamburg, Germany. And I never worked with them before, but... They opened the show, and they were fantastic, and they, they blew the crowd away. So we had to bring our A game. We brought, also brought our great show together, and we did quite well. And I went to them after the, their concert, and I said, listen, I'm going to throw a party for you guys tonight. Please, please join us. Let's have some fun. So we did. We got together. We had a wonderful party in, in Sweden. It was just the one night. And I got to talk to all the Beatles, and they were great. They had a great sense of humor. And then George says, we're coming to the States in a couple of months. This is October 1963, a couple of months before 64 when they came and did the Ed Sullivan show. So I said, we, we got to do this, man. Uh, so they all came to the party, all four of them. And then uh, I said to, uh, uh, to George, listen. You're going to the States, but you only have Please Please Me as an original. You're doing all songs like Fats Domino and the Everly Brothers and Chuck Berry and Little Richard. I said, you better have some new material, unbeknownst to me, that they were going to write be such great and prolific songwriters. Right, right. So, so George says, you know, you've been so nice to us, and, and you showed us so much respect. When we come to the States... We're going to come to the Peppermint Lounge to see you. Now, I'm a Jersey boy, so I'm a little skeptical. I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, not, not thinking they were going to ever show up. Well, anyway, all four of them showed up, and they came wow. to see Joey D at the Starlighters. It was, it was just an amazing event. And once again, like you said, Stephen, being at the right place at the right time. And, you know, it doesn't get better than the Beatles. And the Rolling Stones came in as well. So, we spoke with uh, Felix Cavalier oh, several months ago, and he was talking about that because he was party. You know, I mean, here's a guy from <laughs> the Young Rascals, another Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. He was a part of that. He said in that that Sweden concert that 
and I guess it, it sounds like you feel the same way that you just knew that they had something a little different than anybody else. You just there was a certain even though you were right, they didn't have their own stuff to speak of. You, you knew there was something special. Is that something you just it was because of the reaction of the crowd, or or just the way they they kind of you know took care of themselves, it, or what? It was the reaction of the crowd and their sound. Their sound was unique. Now here's how Felix came. Billy Callanan, who worked the Star Club, uh, I mean uh, the Stardust in Vegas, so many years, and my keyboard player had just gotten married. And he was my keyboard player. Now his wife got homesick. So he, he said, I have to leave, Joey. My wife wants to go home. So I had heard Felix at a place called uh, the Choo Choo Club in Garfield, New Jersey, owned by Sal Benora. And I said, man, you know what? I called my manager and I said, uh, Billy Callanan's leaving. I need a keyboard player. Get a hold of my, my man that I thought, you know, from the Young Rascals, and, and I'll fly him out and let him be part of the group. And this is prior to our going to Stockholm. He became my keyboard player, Felix Camilleri. And uh, he, he was a perfect fit because he was a funky player, played the B3, and sang like Marvin Gaye. So uh, I, I took him on. He became part of my group. I had a nightclub in New York City called Joey D. Starlighter. And he was my background and I had Gene Cornish, and I had Eddie Brigatti, and they sounded so great together. They put their own group together, and they became the Young Rascals. So that's how that all transpired. Back with more from Joey D in a moment. Joey says he looked up at the sky on a clear night and said to himself, Moon glows? No. Moonlighters? No. Starlighters? Yep, that's it. Well, time now to make your picks for this weekend's NFL Top Games. Upton Bell isn't with us this week, but here are my choices for this weekend. The Broncos are at Cleveland to play the Browns. I got to take the Browns. I think they're solid. Chiefs are at the Titans. Everybody is picking against the Chiefs these days against tough teams, but Andy Reid is just too good a coach. I'll go with the Chiefs. And finally, on the Monday night game, the Saints are at the Seahawks. Seattle's at home, and that usually helps Seattle. I'm going to take the Seahawks. See you again next week, back with Upton Bell. And speaking of sports, make sure to listen to Sports Rockin' Tours, which follows this show in most markets. In the meantime, you can go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. 
training.epsilonxr.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking with Joey D, whose Peppermint Lounge attracted celebrities such as John Wayne, Nat King Cole, and Judy Garland. And you'll learn to do this, the Peppermint You're not only an entertainer, but you're really a business person because you opened the Starlighter, and that was another place that was was completely successful. I guess you just, you know, you wanted to perform, but I mean, I know they had like the great Jackie Wilson was there and so forth. Uh, Apparently, it was very popular as well. King Curtis, the Drifters, we had them all. As if this isn't enough, you know, where you not only performed and you had the great clubs, but you made a couple of movies. I mean, who does this, right? And yet you made a couple of movies. Talk a little about that whole experience. How did you get into them? And was it, I, I know, you know, it wasn't the A-list stuff at the time, but it had its audience and it had it had a genre that kind of fit in. It was a good fit at that time. Exactly, Stephen. Uh, once the publicity started to happen at the Peppermint Lounge and then I had the hit record Peppermint Twist that became number one, uh, we we uh, were offered two movies, one for Paramount called Hey, Let's Twist, and one for two tickets to Paris for uh, Columbia movies. So, and like I told you uh, previously, that's the first movie that uh, uh, Joe Pesci ever uh, appeared in, right. you know, Hey, Let's Twist. So we got to do two motion pictures. It's just incredible. I my My deal was... I wanted to have a hit record. That was my goal in life. But to do motion pictures as well, it, it, it went way above and beyond my dreams and, and my, my desires. I did want to ask you about one last thing, because you've got a great charity that you started, the Foundation for the Love of Rock and Roll. And the whole idea was just was to try to help guys that didn't for whatever reason uh, retirement wasn't good for them, right? I mean, they they had some some money troubles and so forth. Because it's like anything else. I mean, whether it's sports, what the entertainment business is a funny business, and you could be out of things right away. And, and we need to protect those people that built that heritage for us. Well, in the late 1980s, uh, Jackie Wilson. Uh, uh, wasn't wasn't doing too well. He, he did a concert for Dick Clark in New Jersey, and uh, he had he had a stroke, and he ended up uh, going to into a nursing home. And I said, you know what? The actors have a wonderful facility where they take care of the people that were in the, the acting business, and they were able to uh, go to the actors' home, and they were taken care of. And I said we should do the same thing. For the music business, because Jackie Wilson was my idol. I mean, he oh, was yeah. he was the best as far as performing and singing. He did it all, man. And and his his son Bobby Wilson is doing it now. So thank goodness he, he, he's still being shown. But Jackie Wilson was a dear friend of mine. And I said, let's let's try to get together and make a, a foundation for uh, love of rock and roll. And it was about getting uh, helping all of these people. Who didn't make any money in in the business? All he did was make people happy and make great songs and great recordings. And I said they deserve to be treated better than they're being treated. So I started the foundation, 
and unfortunately we didn't get enough money to make it the uh, the situation that I wanted and have mm-hmm. a a home for uh, rock and rollers. So we just we went and did as much as we could for it. And we had Dick Clark, and he was the CEO of the company. So we did get uh, some some uh, people involved in it, but we didn't get uh, enough money to have the to, what I wanted, where all of these people that made the records would be uh, safe and, and they'd have a, their own place where they could be respected. And all the all the music they made for us, and they, they made us so happy and, and so special. And uh, it just, unfortunately, we never got the financing to make that happen. There are so many people that didn't make that big money. They were stars and stuff, and other people were making the, the money at that time. Just in the same way that you see, like, old football players, uh, they weren't, you know, they had second jobs. They weren't making a lot. You know, it's great now. And you just wish people would uh, kind of remember that and honor what came before them. But, uh, yeah, it's a strong effort. <laughs> we all appreciate that. Joey, we got to read your book. One more time, give us the name of the book and how people, more importantly, how people can get it. Yeah, just go to joeyd.com and uh, click on it. and Or you can go to uh, Amazon. Peppermint Twist Chronicles is the name of the book. And it's, it's, about, it's, it's a history book as well as just being a musical book because of all of the people and what was going on in the early 1960s uh, with the Vietnam War and, and the people that I was was involved with uh it's hanukkah's coming christmas is coming birthdays come all the time get the book you won't be sorry it's a 20 dollars. it's a paperback book i'm working on doing a a book where i'm i'm doing and and i'm reading so you can have it that way but get the book man you won't be sorry it's a, a great 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 combination of all these fantastic people i work with so from from Sammy Davis Jr. to the Beatles to to cousin Brucey and I, the bill the it's just I've been so lucky Stephen so thank God and I, I've been very blessed to to have all these people as my friends. If you're into music history, there seems to be always this gap between Elvis in the fifties and so forth. He goes off to the army and then before. The Beatles come, but there was music, good music in that time, and I think sometimes we miss it, and I think your book just tells the story. It's a great oral history of that time, not only really in the world of rock and roll, but what the United States felt like culturally. Great book, and uh, I think people should get it. Joey D., what a pleasure. we got to have you on again. I just We had a blast going back in the time. Thank you for spending some time with us. Appreciate it. Stephen, thank you, and uh, tell all our friends in in Las Vegas, I can't wait to get there. It's it's one of a kind. Las Vegas, no place like it, man. I love you guys. Time now for our weekly chat with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. They're not as many buffets as in the old days, but there's still a few, and Scott has some advice on how to deal with them. You actually have a strategy because people come to Vegas, they love these things. So what's the strategy for somebody to coming out that just loves buffets and wants to really take advantage of them here? Honestly, if you come to Vegas, you have to do a buffet. You might not do it every trip and you might not do it every day of your trip, but you've got to you've got to do a Vegas buffet. They really are the highest standard of quality in the world, but the key of course with a buffet is 
having a strategy. You, there are certain things you absolutely have to do. One of the things I insist upon with people is you got to wear loose clothing because you got to get ready to expand. Um, it's not about fashion. It's about comfort. Uh, when you walk through the buffet at first, don't take anything. Walk through the buffet without a plate. You're checking it out. You're, you want to see where everything is. You want to see what, what variety is there. And believe me, at Vegas Buffets, it's all about variety and quality and quantity. So once you've done your first survey, now you're going to start doing sample a lot of different things because you're trying to find that thing you really want to gorge yourself on. Professional people who eat professionally, like competitive eaters, will do extreme things. Like they'll eat ice cubes to expand their uh, throat area. They will drink a lot of water to expand their stomachs. Uh, a lot of people think you shouldn't eat before you go to buffet, but I say have a snack because um, maybe a couple hours before because your stomach is not going to be ready for the onslaught that it's about to have. So uh, you you definitely want to. You want to pace yourself. You want to avoid the breads and the salads because buffets know that's what costs them the least. So they put that right up front and they would love for you to fill up on salad and bread. But you really got to go. You've got to go for the meat. You've got to go for the expensive meat. And always, always, always save room for dessert. And the one tip I give people is it's Vegas. It's a buffet. Sometimes I start with dessert and I don't care what people think. I'm going right to the cookies and cake. That's my first course because desserts taste 10 times more delicious if you start with dessert. So that's a little, that's a primer for Las Vegas buffets, but it is a very complex and strategic operation that has to take place to get the most out of a buffet. Well, thanks, Scott. And don't forget to visit Scott's excellent site, VitalVegas.com. Coming up next is Sports Rockin' Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to Sports R-A-C-X, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X, short for Sports Rockin' Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rockin' Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Natchie reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Oh, Vegas, here we go!